Is the future truly what you think it would look like? Welcome back, Mere Mortalites, to another edition of the Mere Mortal Book Reviews. And yes, look at me once again doing another book review. The book reviews where we bring the juicy details, the themes, the knowledge, and maybe perhaps make you want to read the books. And today, I've got an absolute cracker, which is Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari. I've previously reviewed Sapiens from the same author, and I absolutely loved it. So I'm going to give you a little hint. I actually really enjoyed this book as well. Um, For those who might not know Yuval, just a little note here. He's an Israeli public intellectual historian and a professor in the Department of History at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. I have heard him on multiple podcasts and what initially, probably the initial podcast was on Tim Ferriss, which got me to reading Sapiens and I absolutely devoured it, um, loved it and thought, Homo Deus, I should give this one a go. Now, there's a little quote here as well from Daniel Kahneman, who um, says, Homo Deus will shock you, will entertain you, it will make you think in ways you had not thought before. And holy hell, does it ever. So actually going into the book itself in terms of the synopsis, what is it? What does it do? Um, If you listen to the review of Sapiens, it goes through a similar path in which it kind of tricks you, I guess, in in a way where I read this and says a brief history of tomorrow. However, before he go through in, in, in a big book here in terms of what does tomorrow look like. Yuval actually takes us back again through history and reflects on where have humans been, where are we migrating to, where um, how do we come to be where we are today, looking at themes around politics, around socialism, around how how we lived, our intersubjectivity, etc., etc., etc. To be honest, to pick just a few themes and topics in this book is laughable because there is literally just so many and so many examples. Um, the amount of notes that I took for this is overwhelming and I'm not going to try and put it together all in one book review. However, uh, I will pull out a couple of little items. So for me, it was really just an, an elegant articulation by the author um, to investigate really the various means where humans have been um, in, in that similar way to sapiens and really where could life go. So one of the big pieces that we see um, in terms of how this book is structured in a similar way to sapiens is that he'll lay out sort of the groundwork in the first third of the book, then look at historical um examples as well as comparisons to show what might something that been happening in Roman times and Egyptian times or even further back, um, the the evolution through wars and um, sects as well to where we are today. And then the final third of the book, he then moves us through what could that look like? What could, I guess, the, the isms, so we know he talks through the, the humanist movement. So we went from really religions to the humanist movement for a very long time. And how does that look like moving into the future? Is that Dadaism? Does technology completely overtake? So really, if you're looking for that brief history of tomorrow and what it might look like, the back third of the book actually goes and does that effectively well. Um, so that's some of the themes of the book and some of the ones that I pulled out specifically. Now, again, as I say, it's a ton, but these are some of the key ones that I really enjoyed. One, really looking at the past, the, the three great plagues that we have conquered um, in, in a way. Now, I'm saying this right now in 2022, uh, there could ultimately be other things that come up that you know affect this. But from, from what he was writing here, war, starvation, and the seas, disease. And really just talking about for the better part, from a war perspective and from fighting perspective, when you compare it to the hundreds and thousands of years in the past, 
Yes, there's still conflicts nowadays, but by the by, that's a very minute level in comparison to starvation. We have effectively, uh, for the majority of, of the human population, and he does have some facts and stats around this, uh, we are getting better and better to get people moving away from starvation. In fact, in many countries, including the USA, they've actually got the opposite problems. Too much food, you know, over overabundance. Uh, and three, disease. Now, of course, we've had COVID, we've had other things. And this one, I would say, have we conquered that great plague? Perhaps, perhaps not. But again, when you compare it to previous years and hundreds of years in the past, we're getting to the point where that is not just an option of, and the way he puts it, it's not a, oh, I've got to pray to the gods and they're going to have to fix me. No, there's actually something that we can effectively do about it. And I guess the, the other way he puts it through is we can manage these big plagues, which is war, starvation, and disease, where in the past it would have been a a die who's going to have to come and save us uh, or find some other savior. It wouldn't be a humanist thing. And that's, I guess, an example of where religions really took over. And then we started moving towards that humanist movement. And then on the back end of that, you know, moving towards a brief history of tomorrow, uh, the things that we're going to continue to chase as humans is divinity, immortality, and turning basically into gods. And again, he goes through a, a very deep um, conversation and um you know, summarization here with very logical reasoning as to why we're going to be chasing this and essentially moving moving ourselves from uh, looking at gods to thinking to really becoming gods, whether that is through technological evolution, whether that is just a deep focus on the humanists themselves, etc. Um, the other one, uh, big theme I really took away from the book was just the storytelling. Um, the human spark and the separation between us and the rest of the kingdom. Um, and there's a, a big chunk of text here that talked about the difference between, you know, what what's the, the human spark, the, the the energy really, and the difference between the, you know, a general animal and the humans. And again, it sort of boiled down to storytelling and the ability for us to be able to share um, stories and communications is uh, the terminology of intersubjectivity. And there's something that he also raised in Sapiens that ability to be able to construct a story or some sort of storyline or a thread that can also be understood um, across a cultural means within a group uh, where animals themselves across the kingdom, animal kingdom, don't really have that. Um, three, there, there's a big play here around free will and consciousness through the eyes of science. So uh, he leaves it with you with absolutely no doubt what he thinks about free will and consciousness. Um, again, I'll let you go and read that, but it's very similar to the Sam Harris point of view. And again, that's backed up with a lot of science and a lot of facts. And in fact, through the entire book, Yuval doesn't hold back on a lot of his thoughts and the thoughts that are backed up by science. And I guess that logical reasoning, almost to the point that there might be some individuals who are coming in from that angle, I guess, either people who are religious or who, for whatever reason, um, you know, really believe in, in those different um, areas that might not be specifically backed by science, which might read this and think, oh, okay, this is, this is a little bit strong, strong uh, writing behind it. But personally, I really enjoyed the way that Yuval really um, not exposed, but really challenged some of those ideas with science backing that up. Um, he did also a, a really deep look into the recent history of moving into the humanist religion. So, yeah, essentially how liberals won in the end. And this book was written to 2016. So really how there were three different sects of humanism, which began sometime a couple of hundred years ago, uh, which was evolution, social and liberalism, uh, liberalism. Uh, and just really there, there's another big chunk in here, almost to the point that was a little bit too big for me. So I'm not as deeply interested in it, but uh, really into how that, that humanist movement really won to 2016 and perhaps 
what that future might look like as well. Uh, and finally, uh, the theme really at the tail end of this book is the techno-humanism and Dadaism, the new frontier. Uh, and this this one was pretty mind-expanding. And again, I go back to the Daniel's quote here of uh, it will make you think in ways that you had never thought before. There's a lot of ways or, or a lot of topics that Yuval poses where I went, oh, I can see that I've heard about this from the you know the techno uh, humanism way. You know, we think of chips being implanted into people's brains to help them um, become better. It can be essentially we've been now doing this for quite a few years and find fact decades of you know prosthetic limbs starting to fuse together a little bit of machine and human. But then the dataism example, which probably took it like just the next step forward was all around the communication of are humans algorithms? Can you break them down into algorithms? His his view, I guess, uh, and, I, and he didn't state it explicitly, but he's strong with his opinions, is yes, we can break down emotions, we can break down humans into algorithms. And in fact, if we do, what does that mean going forward? And can we essentially turn algorithms into entities themselves that can operate on their own way? Um, Highly, highly recommend reading that part just to understand the the logical reason that um, Yuval actually puts behind that. Um, and one of the quotes actually that I took down because it was just so interesting specifically in that space is intelligence is decoupling from consciousness. And there's a question posed here by Yuval as well was, um, you know, can you have a really intelligent being who isn't conscious? So here we're talking about algorithm can an algorithm get to such a level that it's more intelligent than humans can operate better than humans however doesn't have the allocation of consciousness that we might believe it is it even needed now that's just an, an open question there that i leave maybe uh you listen as well to think through um but there's a there's a ton load of questions like that which just keep you it's open-ended enough that lets you explore and understand those questions um, fully. And in fact, he finishes the book with some critical questions to go. He hopes that these are questions that you can go and inspect and think about based on what he's written there and some of the facts that he's put together. Personal observations for me on this book. One, um, each sentence and paragraph are intertwined so well with the topic um, or the example at hand that it is hard to imagine how long it took to craft each part so elegantly. Similar to Sapiens, every single sentence, chapter, section, grouping of words, examples was just exquisitely threaded together. I, I often find it hard to believe when someone will give a book review and go, yes, every sentence was expertly done. Everything flowed really, really well. It didn't misread. It didn't look like it was built in sections. This was that book. It was just written so efficiently, so effectively. I came away going every single sentence, there must have been hours of effort to make sure that the right information is getting through, the right uh, intent behind it, the facts that go behind it, the way that an example leads to the, the conclusion, to the logical reasoning that builds it. It just flowed effortlessly uh, and I really did enjoy that. Two, um, the rational views might oppose some readers and I mentioned this before, but I personally enjoyed it. It's direct views by someone with extensive knowledge. So, um, some people might read this and think there's particular topics that are being challenged, aka things like religion. However, I guess my my reasoning there, my personal observations was Yuval is you know has extensive knowledge in a lot of these aspects, and again, you can tell by reading a lot of this. And it's sort of like that adage of you know strong strong opinions uh, loosely held. So definitely bring your strong opinions when you're reading this book, but have them loosely held because get ready for Yuval to absolutely blow your mind in very different ways and different ways of thinking. Um, and finally. 
I I align in some ways with the thoughts of Dadaism, the the whole notion that you can potentially have algorithms that will one day rule rule the world, rule the way that we operate. Can we turn humans completely into algorithms? I guess I'm, I've I've got to say I'm sitting on the on the fence. I'm, I'm not. 100% I haven't seen complete proof that it can happen, but I'm also not dissuaded to say that could never happen. I could see how that eventuates with improvements in technology, in machine learning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, finally, just, I mean, a, a summary from my, my end, Homer Dares. Uh, I feel like I've been you know, raving on about it a little bit in this book review, but I also gave this a nine out of 10. Um, it's very similar to Sapiens. It was an absolute joy to read. It did take me a while. It's a pretty thick book um, without the... The references at the back, it's around 400 odd pages, 450 pages, and it did take me a while. However, it did take me a while because it was so heavy with uh, points, facts, knowledges, and questions that really make you go, oh, okay, I need to like stop and think about this before completing it. Now, I'm going to leave you with the three um, the three processes raised three key questions, which I hope will stick in your mind long after you have finished the book. So the three questions that Yuval poses to the reader, um, and I'll leave this with you as well, me immortalized. So one, are organisms really just algorithms and is life really just data processing? Two, what's more valuable, intelligence or consciousness? That question could be discussed for a very long time, so it's an interesting point. And three, what will happen to society, politics, and daily life when non-conscious but highly intelligent algorithms know us better than we know ourselves. Each of these points, I could probably talk to Karen for hours on end on the podcast, perhaps we will, but I'll leave you with those mere mortalites perhaps to let you think about some of those points and what you think as well. Now, thank you very much for sticking around and listening to this book review. If you did enjoy it, uh, of course, feel free to send through a boostergram through any of the Valley for Valley channels. But at the same time, our main channel, Mere Mortals Podcast, if you haven't checked it out and you've just checked out the book review channel, we do um, hope that you go and check that out as well. Make sure you follow us there as so a core channel uh, and catch up on all of the stuff that we're talking about as a in a broad, worldly way. For now, me immortalized. Appreciate you listening to this. I hope you're well wherever you are in the world. One out.